Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your series-by-series check-in for Chicago Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're an official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, part of the SB Nation family of team sites, and you can find us at Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure you subscribe for the most recent content. If you're listening to this, welcome to our first episode. We're pretty stoked to get this show off the ground just in time for the greatest rivalry in sports to hit Chicago. But before we get into Cubs cards, including a look back at the series opener, a little bit about us. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I'm a lifelong Cubs fan who grew up in Utah, but by happen circumstance, now I live a few blocks from Wrigley Field. I've kept a scorecard at pretty much every baseball game I've attended since I was eight. I like to run long distances, even though I'm really slow. And I write about the Cubs at bleedcubbyblue.com. Hey guys, I'm Andy, and I can vouch for Sarah keeping a scorecard at all the games that I've been to with her. Um, I'm also a life Cubs fan. Uh, I grew up two hours west of Chicago, and because I love Ryan Sandberg and wanted to play second base my entire life, I moved to St. Louis after high school to play college softball. And yep, you guessed it, I've been stuck here ever since. Because of this, I live in a house divided. Don't hold it against me. My husband, with my husband and three daughters. You can find previous blogs that I've done about the Cubs on ESPNDesMoines.com, and I'm very excited about this working with Sarah. Oh my gosh, can I just say that Rhino was totally my favorite too, and I'm pretty sure I'm a Cubs fan because of the Sandberg game? Uh, Yeah, he definitely got me hooked, that's for sure. So we're going to do this in a couple of segments. Um, We're going to start by looking back at the previous series before we look at the current series with the Cardinals and look forward. Um, but before we do that, I just want to say thank you all again for being here. Uh, so yeah, Seattle, what did we learn about the Cubs in the Seattle sweep? Two games is a sweep, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. They win both of them. That's absolutely a sweep. That's a mini sweep, but I'll take it either way. Cool. Mini sweep. I like it. Uh, what did we learn? I, my biggest takeaway was that John Lester is good. Like he might be 35 years old, but the man can pitch and he's still good. Um, looked dominant and legit. And I, I, I mean, I forgot he was on the DL a week ago. Yeah, right. Well, we were at the game where he went on the DL. You remember we were at the Cubs opener, home opener at Wrigley a few weeks ago. That was insane. I just remember like being frantic and asking everyone around us what happened. I need news now. Yeah, totally. We were like, what is going on with John Lester? Because he can't be out of this game in the second inning. And why is Brad Brock already pitching? Yeah, that was definitely, we were kind of hitting the panic button. Uh, but thankfully, we've gotten this John Lester on the other side of the DL. So that that worked out well for us. Uh, yeah, he seems to be outstanding again. And everything about John Lester really looks good right now. Uh, in addition to John Lester, though, I think that the pitching has been generally good outside of that first seven-game stretch where the Cubs really had some issues uh, with the Rangers and the Braves. I think that one of the things we saw in Seattle, particularly in Game 2, was that the Cubs' offense came to play. Like, Kyle Schwarber and Wilson Contreras were just mashing the baseball. Well, and I think a big thing that we have heard a lot of people talk about is the Cubs have lacked the ability to kind of like put a team to sleep, like step on their neck, so to speak. And I think in that second game, they definitely did that. They did not let up. Um, Even when they had a four run lead, a five run lead, they just kept 
putting their foot on the gas. And it was really good to see that they never they never took the, took the intensity to another level, even though they had such a good lead. Yeah, that's totally true. I mean, I'm not even sure that ball that Wilson Contreras hit has come down yet. I, that was launched into orbit. It was out of, what do they call that park in Seattle now? T-Mobile something.com. I don't even know. Whatever they call that field in Seattle now. Uh, he hit that ball. Literally, I heard it like bounced in the upper deck or something. It was crazy. Um, I think they should call that field um, Wrigley Northwest. Right. Did you see the <laughs> Okay. I posted a picture of this on Twitter that I am going to love until the end of time where I don't think I've ever seen that many W flags in Chicago. That was nuts. I actually paused it and showed my husband because I was in complete disbelief. That was in Seattle. Like, we see that in Milwaukee, and we definitely see that in Wrigley. But to see that in Seattle, I mean, you can tell those people are dying to see their Cubs, and they don't get to see them very often because they showed up and showed out. Wait, okay, you showed your – your husband is the Cardinals fan, right? Yes, I, yes. So I just have to know what the Cardinals fan, Mr. Andy, thinks about all of the W flags in Seattle because that's crazy. <sighs> Well, he is very supportive and he knows I have a problem and an obsession. So he doesn't, he doesn't poke fun at me so much, but he just tends to agree with things. And sometimes I think it's forced and other times I think he legitimately agrees. And I think this one, he legitimately agreed. That's pretty cool. I mean, anytime Mr. Andy is on board with cool things that are happening to the Cubs, I am there. And I love that you call him Mr. Andy. I can't wait to tell him that. Oh, yeah, that's totally going to be a thing. Like, it's episode one, but he's already Mr. Andy forever. Um, the other thing that I feel like we have to talk about from Seattle is Dylan Maples, who, okay, that is the nastiest slider that I have seen this side of Carlos Marmol. It's crazy. <laughs> I think a couple of those Seattle players um, probably need to wear better belts because they came out of their pants. Like those pitches were nasty. And one that really stuck out to me was Domingo Santiago or Santana, not Santiago, Domingo Santana, his face. I mean, he just had this smile on his face. Like, uh, -uh I ain't touching that with a 10 foot pole. Like that thing is dirty. I mean, I loved the Domingo Santana pitch, but really the thing that got to me was Edwin Encarnacion, who has bet he's like a vet. He has played for 15 seasons. That man has seen everything. And he had th not one, but three, three pitches against Dylan Maples where he looked totally baffled. Uh, what's his name? Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja on Twitter, has this gif of Edwin Encarnacion just like backing out of all of these pitches against Dylan. <laughs> he has no idea what is going to happen with this baseball. And I have not seen anything like that since Carlos Marmol was the closer for the Cubs. It was insane. You have to look up this gif. If you have not seen it, this is your invitation. Go look it up. Dylan Maple sliders. It's incredible. Well, I already feel like if you're not following the pitching ninja, you should be because that dude comes up with some crazy stuff. But um, my, <laughs> my, the best is um, oh, I, to I totally lost my train of thought on that one. But anyways, that's what Dylan Maples does to you. Like, yes. all you can think about is his slider. It is just, it's dirty. And it's not fair. And I feel bad for the other team. Oh, totally. All he does is strike you out or walk you. That's basically it. So uh, good luck to opposing pitchers who are facing the Cubs while Dylan Maples is pitching for them. I hope that he can get a little more control 
than Marmol exhibited. Uh, before we get to our current obsession, which is Cubs cards at Wrigley, let's just take a little bit of a look around the NL Central. The Cubs are solidly in second place now. They started the season 1-6, but they really seem to have pulled it together. The Brewers just split with the Rockies, and, you know, Yelich hasn't really been playing. So what do you think's going on with the Brewers there, Andy? Um, well, you know, you hate to admit that someone like Yelich has such an effect on this team, and they did pull out a win without him on the roster on, I believe it was Tuesday, um, or I guess it would have been Monday and Tuesday because they split with Colorado and lost the last two. So, um, I just think they lost a little bit of their, uh, momentum, you know, losing somebody like Gellich that can be very detrimental to a, to a lineup. And, and we can see that they've kind of come back to earth as, as everyone predicted they would, they were just playing out of their minds the first couple weeks of the season. And now, you know, first month is a wrap and here we are, you know, it's, it's going to be a juggle between those top three the whole season, I believe. And right now I just see the Cubs really playing some good baseball and the Brewers are not. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I have been saying for a couple of years now, and admittedly people have scoffed at me time and time again about this, but the Brewers do not have starting pitching. They built their team around a great bullpen and a tremendous offense, but they just really do not have great defense and they don't have starting pitching. And I feel like you're seeing what happens with that now. So even their bullpen is really strained. They've had too many innings on those arms, and they don't have the ability to pick up starters. I, Peralta had a terrible start the other night. And I think that they really need to get some length in that starting rotation if they're going to be a threat down the stretch. Right now, I feel like this is Cubs and Cards as really the top two teams in the NL Central. And like I expect the Brewers to show up again now and again and hang. They're, they're streaky. You know, they'll go on like a six or seven game run and kind of make it interesting. But I just really don't think they're in the same category as the Cubs and Cardinals right now. Yeah, and I, I totally see that. And I think I got laughed at by a lot of people at the beginning of the season when I was kind of chuckling. I was at the game that Sunday before opening day in Milwaukee. Uh, where Hayter was pitching three closeout innings to us, or maybe it was two and two-thirds that he was pitching against us. And I just kind of shook my head and laughed because I'm like, you guys don't understand this is going to come back to bite you later in the season, that he's pitching all these innings when it's needless. And, um, you know, people thought I was kind of crazy for saying that, but I really think you're going to see the effects of that later on in the season. I mean, even now, hasn't he given up three or four home runs in his last, three or four outings it's been nuts hater is not the hater of old and maybe he'll get it back I don't know but it sort of reminds me of the difference between 2016 Andrew Miller and 2017 and 2018 Andrew Miller that is not the same pitcher you put that many miles on a bullpen arm and they cannot sustain it well and I also like to give David Ross some credit for breaking Andrew Miller too so (laughs) I am always happy to give Grandpa Rossi some credit I miss him and I wish he was around more I I often think of him when I see Andrew Miller pitching in a Cardinals uniform. (laughs) (laughs) Which hopefully we will get to see this weekend. But uh, before we talk more about Cubs cards, which is definitely coming on the other side of the break, we need to take a break for some words from our sponsors. When we're back, we will look at game one of the Cardinals series, and then we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the series. And we're back. Uh, Andy, what can we say about this series opener between the Cubs and the Cardinals on Friday? Holy Kyle Hendricks, Batman. Wow. (laughs) 
yeah, tell me more. I agree. I, I almost don't have words. <laughs> I mean, I seriously, I, you know, for as good of a performance as he pitched, we should have a lot of amazing things to say. All I'm going to say, this is all I'm going to say, 81 pitches, 18 balls. That's it. <laughs> That's it. 81 pitches, 18 balls. Like, that is insane to me. That is absolutely insane. A complete game, 81 pitches, 18 balls. It's not just insane. It's a palindrome, uh, which I think that the professor would appreciate. Uh, but, yeah, I this was a masterpiece by Kyle Hendricks. I don't remember the last time I saw a game that was this dominant that didn't involve double-digit strikeouts or a no-hitter or something crazy like that. Um, in fact, I was looking it up before – we started recording, and apparently this is the first time in seven years that there's been an 81-pitch Maddox in the major leagues. And for those of you who maybe don't know at home, a Maddox is a complete game shutout that's thrown under 100 pitches. Uh, so that is a rarity in and of itself. It just doesn't happen every day. But an 81-pitch Maddox is just, we haven't seen it since 2012. It's, it, it's kind of crazy, and Kyle Hendricks did that on Friday against the Cardinals. Well, this is the Kyle Hendricks that we all know and love. And for him to show up like this today in a position that we needed him to show up like this was just so refreshing. And it was almost like I am not even I'm not even going to try and pretend like I didn't feel this way. But every inning I was kind of waiting for it, the sh the other shoe to drop. Like I was waiting for something to happen. So when he just kept going and I, you know, I, I will confess I, I was consuming the ball game while at my day job. So it was a very abbreviated sense of the game, but every inning I was just kind of waiting. Oh gosh, you know, how many hits are they going to get this inning? How many, how many runs will they score? Blah, blah, blah. But the fact that he just kept going and this is the Kyle Hendricks that we know was just, Oh, it was so good to see if, if he can, start riding this momentum into his next starts. I mean, this, this rotation is, is definitely on, on its way to good things. I mean, I, I totally agree with that. The other thing that just totally jumped out at me was, you know, the Cardinals have had this offense that people have said is dominating uh, in the early part of the season. They already have 20 wins. They're ahead of the Cubs. They're doing great things. I mean, the Cardinals are out there talking about Marcelo Zuna as if he is better than, Yelich or Baez or anybody else and we can talk about that some other day I don't think that's true but it is kind of ridiculous that Kyle Hendricks walks in he's throwing a maximum mile per hour 88 mile per hour fastball and just dotting it with a changeup and hitting his spots and he just dominated one of the best offenses in the National League completely for nine innings well, and the part that I love is, yes, that's what we got used to in the first couple innings, but towards the latter innings, six, seven, eight, he was first pitch throwing his curveball at 69 miles an hour for every single batter, and it was beautiful. That thing looked like it was coming at your jaw, and it dropped right in the strike zone every single time. I mean, it was just gorgeous, and he had them so off balance, nobody was making good contact at all. It was, it was beautiful. It was, like you said, a masterpiece. Oh, totally. And, and I want to give a shout out to the Cubs defense here because there were a couple of hard hit balls, but they did nothing with them. I mean, Javi Baez made a play at shortstop that we are spoiled with, frankly. Like at this point in Chicago on the north side, we see these Javi Baez plays and we're like, oh, yeah, shortstop always makes that play. And it is just not true. Javi Baez 
saved runs in this game. Jason Hayward, like, did one of those slide catch things that he does that is incredible. And Ben Zobrist had a really nice catch and right, too. I feel like the defense showed up today. The offense showed up just enough today. And Kyle Hendricks was just on his game. Okay. And we would be failing people if we didn't mention the fact that this is the first time these two teams have played each other since the ever-famous St. Louis's boring comment. So I was on the edge of my seat with that first at bat from Chris Bryant waiting to see what would happen. Well, granted, he struck out, but I think he gets the last laugh today. He had a couple of really good defensive plays at third, some sharp hit balls to him that he fielded cleanly throughout by a mile. Nice hit to left field, scored on um, by as a single. I mean, I think overall he has the last laugh. Oh, totally. I mean, can we talk about this whole St. Louis is boring thing? I mean, Andy, you live in St. Louis, so you can you could be the expert on St. Louis as far as I'm concerned. But I, it is boring. I went there for a game. It was one of the most boring places I've ever seen in my entire life. And also, there was this whole thing on Twitter last year that I remember about bagels and like slicing them like bread or something ridiculous. I, St. Louis, you're boring. Like, I don't know what to say. Chris Bryant is not speaking falsehoods. He is 100% accurate. Yeah, all are boring. And you just need to live with that. That's like part of what happens in St. Louis. Okay, well, by no means am I defending St. Louis. I live here. My heart is in Chicago. Everybody that knows me knows that. And clearly you went to that game in St. Louis before you and I were friends because you would have had a much better time if you would have been here with me. That's true, that's true. (laughs) It is boring when you compare it to the likes of Chicago. People that have been born and raised in St. Louis will tell you that if they're speaking honestly. It's just you're comparing apples and oranges. It's not even the same thing. So and let's not forget the fact that Chris Bryant was joking around with Dempster on a talk show type platform. And like it's like Cub Central. Right. Right. So, but people didn't get that side of it. All they got was Yadi Molina calling Chris Bryant a loser and stupid. And then John Brebbia, go ahead and insert the who, um, said some random things about uh, the comment as well. So, you know, it it was blown out of proportion on many different levels. And um, like you said, I mean, I don't believe it to be completely false. However, obviously that's an opinion and that's an opinion of a lot of people up north. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I St. Louis is just going to have to live with that boring moniker. It was nice to see the Cubs come out and win this game. And frankly, it was really nice to see Bryant have, I agree with you, it was nice to see Bryant have a great game uh, and not get hit by a pitch, although I don't hold oh, it yeah. past the Cardinals to make that happen at some point this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I still wouldn't be surprised, although I really thought it would be, um, uh, who is the pitcher today? <laughs> Jack Flaherty, Jack Flaherty. I was going to call him Jim Flaherty because I was going to pull a a Tim (laughs) McCarver since he called Kyle uh, Kyle Hendricks, Kyle Kendricks. Oh, right. um, Which I guess in his his defense would be combining Kyle and Hendricks, but whatever. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I really thought it would happen today if it was going to, but I I would not put anything past them. Uh, Yeah, beyond this whole like the preseason stuff and what happened with Hendricks today, I think there are a couple of other things we should definitely talk about looking forward to this series this weekend. um, 
So, you know, we've got a couple of more matchups. You Darvish goes tomorrow. Jose Quintana goes in the ESPN Sunday night game. Uh, what do we think we can look forward to seeing here? I, I would love, obviously, nothing more than the Cubs to sweep this series and be in first place at the end of the weekend. But that's that's a tall order. The Cardinals have been really good. Yeah, they definitely came into this series hotter than um, than normal. Although, you know, the Cubs were playing some really good baseball before this series, True. too. And um, I think the Cardinals got cooled down a little bit last night since their afternoon game became a night game and uh, they ended up losing. So they're already coming in really, really late at night or early morning, depending on how you, how you look at it, and coming off a loss um, and one in which their bullpen got taxed a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's the odds are ever in our favor right now. Obviously, we took game one. So um, you Darvish has never faced the Cardinals. Um, as as a cub, obviously. So I'm very much looking forward to that. That'll be amazing. Um, I, I really think both of them come off really strong performances. A sweep would be fantastic. However, you know, I'm not banking on it, and I'm really happy with today. So I'll kind of I'll kind of ride the wave to tomorrow and see what we get. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I I am also really interested to see what you Darvish does tomorrow. Can we? Okay. Paul Goldschmidt has been a cup killer. Like, can we just, we have to admit this and talk about this. We wouldn't be doing anybody any favors if we didn't. I, when he was a diamondback, I was kind of glad that we only saw him a few times a year because he just does so much damage against the Cubs. And he didn't do that damage today. It's possible that he won't, but I am a little nervous about seeing Paul Goldschmidt at Wrigley uh, in double digit increments this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could definitely hear the collective sigh and groan of Cubs fans when he got traded to the Cardinals. That was def- that was rough. That was a rough day. <laughs> but combined today between him and I know how you feel about Matt Carpenter, but he Goldschmidt and Matt Carpenter today were a combined zero for eight. So, um, I mean, that has a lot to do with the pitching performance we are getting out of Kyle Hendricks. But also, it's nice to kind of take some wind out of their sails because I both I feel like both of them probably felt a little too overconfident coming into Wrigley, being that they both have the the reputation of being Cubs killers. So it was nice to see them go over today. And you know what? I've heard this, and I will say it. If if you Darvish gives up a solo home run here or there, can hold them to three runs, our offense can do the rest. That would, to me, is a good game for you Darvish. So I just need to be really clear. My concern with Matt Carpenter is that I do not believe that he makes good salsa. Like I am all of these people that are like the secret to Matt Carpenter's success is his salsa and his garden or whatever. I'm just like, your name is Matt Carpenter. There's no way. And you live in St. Louis, which is the food capital for boring and terrible food. And I just, I cannot deal with the idea that Matt Carpenter makes good salsa. Uh, Like I also hate the fact that he's a cub killer, but I, come on, you don't make good salsa, Matt Carpenter. This stuff's made in New York City. Exactly. (laughs) Except, like, substitute St. Louis for New York. I trust New York City to have more flavor than St. Louis. (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Yeah. No, I haven't even tried it. I mean, you know, being half Mexican, my my grandmother somewhere is shaking her head. I I just, I I don't know how you can call that stuff salsa, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh, Okay, so we're running out of time here. What's a parting thought that we have? What are we looking for for these last two games 
between the Cubs and the Cardinals. Andy, you go first. Okay, so obviously we're going to um, be recording here in a couple of days looking at the next series, which is Miami. But the way that I look at it right now is I feel really great about this series right now. Even after just one win, I know we have two more games. We got a great performance out of Kyle Hendricks, which is what we've been waiting for already to start the season. So I already feel like this series is a win as far as I'm concerned. Um, Flaherty's a good pitcher. We, you know, we scored some runs on him. That feels great also. Regardless of how this series ends, we go into, is it three or four against Miami at home? Whatever it is. I, I can't remember track. Is it? I think it's. I'd three. have to look. I, there might be an off day in there. I don't. I don't know. I know they play Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Hold on, I'm looking. Okay. <laughs> so they. Oh, they actually have four against Miami. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's. Um, and then we could play Milwaukee. So just kind of looking ahead, just a thought for me is, whatever happens against St. Louis, we have four against Miami, a team that we should handle easily. Again, we'll look at that later. That feels like a really good positive thing for this team. So if we can pull out another win against St. Louis, um, the rest of this series, I mean, we have a pretty easy week ahead of us going into um, play against Milwaukee. So I feel good about this series already. This is definitely a statement win. I'm glad that we started off the way that we did, and we got the performance of the freaking year from Kyle Hendricks, and it's only May. Yeah, like seriously, the performance of the last seven years even. I mean, that was wild. Um I think the thing that I'm looking at is on Sunday night, I want to know if Jose Quintana is going to keep channeling his inner ace. The, the last few times that Jose Quintana has taken the bump, he has been unbelievable. I mean, he has been everything that the Cubs wanted. He is absolutely worth the price that the Cubs paid for him with Eloy Jimenez. Uh, and if that Jose Quintana shows up at Wrigley on Sunday night, I think that it's going to be really hard for the Cardinals to do anything against him, just like it was really, it was basically impossible for them to do anything against Kyle Hendricks today. So uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for to see if Jose Quintana can continue that pitching dominance that he has demonstrated recently. Uh, but it would be pretty awesome to see the Cubs take two out of three from the Cardinals here. Yeah, totally agree on all of that. Oh my gosh, this is our first episode. I'm so excited. I mean, uh, we're going to come back in a couple of days. We'll see how we did on our predictions. We'll talk about how Matt Carpenter's salsa is terrible, and we'll look at the future of the Cubs with them uh, as they face the Miami Marlins. But Andy, how are you feeling? I feel pretty good. I'm excited to do this with you. Well, I knew from day one when you and I sat and talked and there was not dead air between us in the first like 20 minutes that we knew each other, continued on to another game where we sat at, next to each other and you kept a scorecard and we just have great banter and great conversation about baseball. And if you people don't aren't listening or don't listen, that's on you because this is good stuff here all around. Yeah, I agree. Uh, join us. We're going to be back a few times a week. Every new series, basically, you can chat with me and Andy, and you can follow us on at Cuppa Cubby Blue at twitter.com. You can find us on SB Nation. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. That's basically how we get paid, and we would love to get paid. So uh, thank you for joining us, and we hope we hear uh, we see you again next time. 